This is Isabel and Sam Demas, Conversations with Neighbors. This is a podcast to spark conversations among neighbors about happenings in and around San Demas. I am Isabel in San Demas, and I'm happy to be one of your neighbors. Thank you for joining me today. If you have been following my podcast, uh, you know that this week is the second week that I am interviewing candidates for Sandy Miss City Council. Um, last week, I had uh, Eric Weber on the show, and today I'm featuring David Estrada. To let you know a little bit about David Estrada, he has been a proud labor leader his entire professional career. His passion has always been about standing up for working middle-class families and advocating for social and economic justice for the working poor. As an advocate on mental health issues, David has served as chapter president for the National Alliance on Mental Illness, or NAMI, which you'll hear about during the interview. And he currently serves as an observer for the League of Women Voters to the Tri-City Mental Health Governing Board. So listen in as I talk with David about his San Dimas City Council campaign efforts for 2020. Today, I'm with David Estrada at his home in San Dimas. He and his wife, Rose, graciously welcomed me here today to meet, chat, get to know David a little bit better. So, David, why don't we just start off by you telling me about yourself? Where where does the story begin? Well, for me in, in San Dimas, it starts here about 40 years ago when uh, my wife and I moved here. Um, my professional career, however, uh, was in uh, organized labor, where one of my specialties was uh, negotiating labor agreements to successful conclusions. I was also very adept at involving the community um, in issues of economic and social justice. And I served as a director of a division which oversaw contract administration of over 30 hospitals and healthcare institutions throughout the Los Angeles area. Um, I finally accepted a position in Washington, D.C. as a national coordinator for the Kaiser Permanente Labor Management Partnership, where I worked closely with uh, Kaiser and 11 international unions to grow the company and administer their uh, labor agreements. That's a little bit about me. Wow, that uh, is a very impressive uh, background. Thank you. So, so how do you see those skills um, that you, you know, have in your professional work, you know, in labor organizing, negotiating contracts, how do you see that translating to what you could bring to the city council. Well, as, as you can imagine, when, when you're working with uh, labor and management, uh, trying to reach an agreement, um, frequently both sides are uh, at loggerheads. Um, what I was able to do is help both sides uh, realize and understand their common interests. Workers uh, needed to understand that um, they needed the employer to be there for their jobs. Mm -hmm. And and the employers kind of needed to be reminded uh, that the workers were necessary to deliver the services and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. So once we were able to go down that path, it was relatively easy reaching a labor agreement when both sides develop a sense of trust. Mm -hmm. Now, I I think I can bring that to uh, San Dimas, uh, and I'm looking forward to working with the council 
and uh, and the citizens uh, to do that sort of work. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like your work, your professional work. I don't know. Would you say it kind of sounds like a like a mediator type of position? Yes. Yeah, I two? think I think that's a good description. Uh, historically, labor and management had had. Uh, been at each other's throat. There was a hostility, a natural hostility that uh, existed for many, many years, long before I started. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, I wasn't going to go down that path because it really leads to, well, sometimes it just doesn't work out for for either side. Mm -hmm. So I was fortunate enough to um, uh, never have to call a labor strike, Mm -hmm. um, which which was um, something that I was credited for. Uh, but but um, in, in in doing that kind of work, I was able to um, help workers become better partners in the services they provided. So um, I was able to uh, train leaders, uh, and management appreciated that sort of work mm-hmm. because then they could go out into the community and promote the company. They became better employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the union got stronger, management got stronger, and that partnership with Kaiser was was really uh, prospered for many years. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, you kind of um, touched on that because when I personally, you know, think of labor, I think of the strikes in a more contentious relationship. But it sounds like you worked with both sides to help them realize that they were both important to each other. The, the workers were important to the management team and company and the company, you know, was important for the workers and that if they could uh, find common ground or similarities, they could both be stronger and move forward together. That's correct. That's yeah. correct. So building those bridges was very uh, important to me, but also in involving the community. For instance, a, a small employer like a nursing home mm-hmm. with maybe 100, 150 employees is small enough where you can really do damage to the company if you if you push too hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but likewise, uh, they were susceptible to encouragement from outside forces such as the community we would bring the clergy in from time to time because uh, our my goal was to help uh, increase wages and benefits so that uh, they could they, they they were they could earn a living wage mm-hmm. to raise their families and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing well the church really appreciates that and they understand the value of doing that so it, it, it had a great impact on the employer when the church would come in mm-hmm. and then of course we would meet with them separately as well and uh, they would talk to the workers. Anyway, it was it was a great relationship. It was very mutually beneficial to everyone. Mm-hmm. But that was just a small example of the sort of involving the community in what's happening in the workplace. So mm-hmm. It worked out pretty good. Well, and it sounds like that's kind of the work you envision doing in the city. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it, it, absolutely. Uh, community engagement isn't something that comes naturally to people. At least that's been my experience. It's something you've got to work on. It's something you've got to knock on doors. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this campaign that I'm doing now is exactly that, knocking on doors, hand, shaking people's hands. Mm-hmm. But that works almost everywhere. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about why you decided to run for city council. You know, you've lived in San Dimas since you said the 1970s? Yes, 1979. 1979. You you lived here a long time, and here we are in 2020. You decided to run. What changed or what spurred you to take that 
step right now? Well, I've you know I've always loved living here. Um, when we when we moved here, we uh, it was really a quiet bedroom community. As I mentioned earlier, uh, half of this particular neighborhood wasn't even built yet when mm-hmm. we moved in. The two ten freeway ended right here in San Dimas. Mm-hmm. You couldn't go any further. I can't imagine that. <laughs> yeah, you can't imagine. Right, exactly. So um, that's what we found, and we, we just loved uh, uh, living here and um, uh, spending my career. I Working out of Los Angeles and then eventually out of D.C., I always enjoyed coming back home more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we found that the community uh, was very helpful in, in supporting us and our children. They've been through... They've, they both went through the uh, local school district, um, and uh, we couldn't have been more happier with uh, with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, what, what happened recently, however, was that my friends and my family have encouraged me to run for city council. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been something that we've been discussing for some time, uh, and. Uh, Something interesting happened where, uh, you know, we have this vacancy on the council as a result of the retirement of our mayor. Uh, And I really thought it was about time for me to step up. And Mm -hmm. I am so encouraged by the kind of support that I've been getting uh, from my friends and family in the city, but also outside of the city and Mm -hmm. and organized labor and and, uh, any other cities that I'm really familiar with. Because through my experience with uh, with NAMI, as I mentioned before, I've gotten to know the city councils of Laverne and Claremont and Pomona, uh, but also because of the services we've provided to the other cities, including Glendora, Covina, even as far as San Bernardino. I've gotten to know the uh, city governments in those areas Mm -hmm. as a result of my connection with NAMI. And it just goes on and on from there. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I I think I do have something to bring to the city, and I'm anxious to do that. Great. So it seems like it was it was a, a good time with the both the vacancy and then also kind of like a culmination of your background, your experience working with the local governments around here, and you felt it's time to um, take part in San Dimas. Yes, yes, yeah. and there's so many changes that are coming down right now from mm-hmm. Sacramento, and right. so many challenges that we're having. Uh, I definitely want to be a part of that. Um, I'm, I'm hearing things about what Sacramento has already done, and it, it really upsets me and frustrates me mm-hmm. knowing now. I wish I had known sooner, but uh, I can't blame anybody else for that. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I do want to do is, is bring change to the way we, we react to those sorts of changes. Uh, you, you know, uh, what, what Sacramento is doing now, trying to force uh, high-density housing on us, mm-hmm. taking away the ability of our planning commission to do what, they su- what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, and then we have this uh, possibility of AB50, which will do even more damage mm-hmm. to our ability to, con- to control um, our, 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 our city. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very upset about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that we can make a change and I do think we can have an impact on Sacramento and reversing this trend. We have to, because this is just awful. Mm-hmm. What can happen to this city as a result of those changes are just really devastating. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm absolutely certain that most people don't know this, because um, I heard it for the first time just a couple of weeks ago at the city council meeting. Mm-hmm. To fully understand, I really appreciated the, the debate that the, that the uh, members of the council had 
um, in asking questions and bringing forth information. Mm -hmm. But I think that all, everybody needs to hear that, or at least we need to help them understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. So this is a, a major issue that you see you know, facing the city and the council in the near future. So what, what do you think, as a council member, what could you or what could the city do about you know, this legislation coming from Sacramento. Well, the city, this city enjoys uh, great partnerships with other cities throughout the area, throughout the region. Mm -hmm. um, I think we can use those networks to organize ourselves, so to speak, mm -hmm. and uh, bring pressure to bear on our legislators to, to reverse this trend. Um, you know, the, the example of the uh, high-density housing is something that I find really uh, disturbing. Um, so I'm, I'm sure you know that uh, part of that plan is to um, uh, give people permission. The state is giving people permission to turn their garages into uh, an apartment, to add additional housing, as many as four families on a lot. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that we should be deciding here at home. Now, San Dimas, people probably don't know this or understand it. San Dimas has been uh, involved in affordable housing for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's part of our infrastructure, and people don't notice it. For instance, I'm, you can see out my back window here, we're up against the mobile home park. Mm -hmm. Well, this particular mobile home park is owned by the city of San Dimas. Mm. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. I didn't know that until I met with uh, Ken Duran, our city manager. Mm -hmm. he, he shared with me that we've been in affordable housing for a long time. That's one example. There's other examples that really didn't click with me mm -hmm. um, throughout the city. But if you know where to look, you'll find it. And it's not as imposing on the neighborhood as pe some mm -hmm. people might think. So you're not opposed to building housing or low-income housing necessarily, but just the um, density requirements kind of being imposed upon our local city? Well, no, no. Actually, uh, high density, medium density, I think all of that is a good, good idea and a good concept. What I'm opposed to is taking that decision away from us to decide what it's going to look like, mm -hmm. where we're going to put it. Um, so tying the local government's hands when it comes to planning. Yes. Oh yeah. my gosh. I mean, one of the one of the terrible things that the, the council brought out is that uh, if you have, say, four families living on this lot, and you're with me here in this single family home, been here since 1979. If we right now, I have four automobiles mm -hmm. for my home. That's that's just the way it is. Each of us have a car. Yeah. Can you imagine if there's four other families here? With with how many automobiles and where are they going to park? And <laughs> oh my God, it's like, what are they thinking? Yeah. I mean, right now there's ample street parking on your street. I, I found a spot very easily, but if uh, things changed. Yeah. I mean, we have that uh, 2 o'clock to 5 a.m. no parking on the street sort of thing. Mm. It keeps our streets clear. Um, I think it's very helpful. Mm -hmm. You know, it keeps order. But if we have like uh, 10 or 12 cars mm -hmm. in one lot, mm -hmm. you're going to park them in the street. And what are you going to do? It's just going to look terrible. But anyway, that's those are issues that I think uh, we can deal with. And mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to tackling them. Yeah. Thank you for sharing about that. Um, what, what other issues do you feel are most important for San Dimas now or, you know, in the near future, if you were to become a city council member? Well, I want to maintain our high level of 
public safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means making sure that uh, our contract with the Sheriff's Department continues to provide us with the world-class police force that we deserve and that we have today. Also, you know, working with our firefighters, paramedics, make sure that LA County provides them with the uh, state of uh, art equipment and protection that they need to serve our community. Mm -hmm. And making sure that the county upgrades our 911 system that is over 30 years old now. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine having a computer in your home that's over 30 years old? That's that's (laughs) incredible. (laughs) Uh, So this system that that we depend on to save lives is over 30 years old. So it needs to be upgraded, it just has to be. Mm -hmm. Now something that um, surprises people when I raise this um, in going door to door. I uh, I think we need to provide opportunities in San Dimas for good paying jobs. And what I mean by that is giving young people and people who need a job or looking for a job an opportunity, or I should say, access to job training. Mm-hmm. Right now uh, in LA, uh, the the Great Federation of Labor that that I belong to have uh, programs that give. Uh, uh, communities access to apprenticeship training programs, mm-hmm. which, which uh, upon graduation leads to a good paying union job with fringe benefits and, and wages. Um, that just doesn't happen out here. Um, and I think it should. There's no excuse for it not to happen. Here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, number three would be uh, revitalizing our economic and business infrastructure. So, so one opportunity that we may be missing, um, this is just a, a, an example, um, is that you know in October, the governor signed a, a law, uh, AB 57, which allows us to um, create municipal-owned public banks. So people haven't heard about it or understand it, but a lot of people are listening to it. Right now, the cities of Laverne, Pomona, and Claremont are in initial preliminary discussions about creating their own public bank. Mm -hmm. The law is a little complex, but it can work, and it it does work, as a matter of fact, in other parts of the country. So uh, this this wouldn't put, say, the city in competition with commercial banks. That's not the point. The point is that they would invest the uh, money locally, whatever interest they earn would stay locally, and they could make low-interest loans to companies who are interested in uh, public works jobs and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So it's low interest, keeps costs down. But if you form a partnership with other cities, uh, for instance, those three cities I mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, they, that would be a huge pool of money that we could all tap into and take advantage of. But that's just an opportunity that I know we're not taking advantage of. Mm-hmm. There's no rush, but we should be at the table. Mm-hmm. And, and we're not. Okay. You bring up a lot of um, issues that I am not familiar with, that you know, new ideas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's something I, I wasn't familiar with either. Yeah. And any other um, topics that are important to you? So you mentioned public safety, uh, job training in San Dimas, which I'm sounds really interesting to me, and revitalizing the economic and business structure in San Dimas. Any any other things that you know would be important to you as a council member? Well, the, the, the fourth thing that I had listed down uh, in my notes was the uh, standing up to the bureaucrats in Sacramento mm, and, and, and activating those networks with uh, other cities. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be incredibly important. It, it's something that we do now on transportation issues and that sort of thing, but 
uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that kind of work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, some things that are interesting or important to me are like, uh, for example, the sales tax on the ballot. Is that something that you've <laughs> thought about or um, have a particular position on for uh, this upcoming March election? I do. I do. I, I think the um, the sales tax is is very important issue, very important question. The city council did something I think important, and that is that they all five of them voted to put it on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was extraordinary, and I thought that was showed a lot of uh, courage on their part to do it. Unity. Uh, it, yeah, I thought it was great. Now, now, one of the, the arguments in, in favor of passing the sales tax, well, I think it's a valid argument, is that if we don't do it, the county could do it, mm-hmm. or a special district could do it, and take that money away from us. So that would be $4.7 million a year that could otherwise stay in San Dimas that would uh, go somewhere else. And maybe we'd get a penny or two of that back in the long run. But um, that's why uh, there are 16 cities in the county of Los Angeles that have that same question on the ballot on uh, March the 3rd. Mm -hmm. Um, That's how important it is. And I I think most of them will pass it. And I I hope we do, too, Mm -hmm. to keep that money here in San Dimas. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was something that that I didn't mention earlier, and that is that uh, for the first time, uh, our contract with the sheriff's department has risen above seven million dollars a year. Wow! This past year—that's the first time—and it's expected to continue to rise. I mean, it's just the cost of living; it's the cost of of doing business. It's still a bargain, <laughs> a way a huge seven million dollar bargain. bargain. <laughs> yeah, think about it because other compared cities, to other cities, because yeah. <laughs> of other cities, exactly. They have their own police department. They have their own headaches with personnel. Um, you know, infrastructure, mm-hmm. and we just contract for that. So we don't have to be responsible for it. But I have to tell you, the, the Sheriff's Department are great partners with the city of San Dimas. Mm-hmm. We've been working, apparently, we've been working with them since 1927. Yeah. It's been a long time. Um, so I kind of forgot, lost track of what we were talking about. Oh, oh the tax measure. Sales tax, and then you brought up the sheriff. Well, there's another tax measure that I haven't heard too many people talk about, and that's that tax measure FD for fire department. Uh, oh, that, is that the parcel? That's the parcel yeah, tax. Yeah, he- I've heard about that. Is this, that coming up in March? As it's well? on the March 3rd ballot. Okay. Yeah. Don't now that, educate me. Okay. okay. <laughs> about so it. that's, it's important to know because um, the, the sales tax issue only has to pass by 50% plus one. Mm-hmm. The, the fire department issue has to pass by two-thirds majority of everyone in the county who's voting for it because it's specifically targeted to uh, equipment and infrastructure for the fire department. Not wages, not benefits, but infrastructure. So we have, uh, I don't know about our fire trucks here in San Dimas. Ours look pretty good, but there are, there are like, uh, I don't know how many dozens of fire stations throughout the county. Um, but there is equipment that more, uh, is more than 20 years old. It's going to take millions of dollars to replace that equipment. Uh, also, uh, as I mentioned before, the the nine one one system has to be upgraded. That's on that measure. It's mentioned Included. specifically, as well as uh, upgrades to the paramedic service. Mm-hmm. This is all health and safety. Our lives depend on them being there. But this is safety equipment that benefits the firefighters as well. Mm-hmm. They depend on safe equipment, mm-hmm. so they're safe. 
in order to keep us safe. Yeah. So I, I just hope voters understand that. Yeah. And, and Thank you for educating me about that. And yeah, I mean, it's, you know, thinking about a tax to benefit the fire department, you think we rely on those emergency mm-hmm. services so much. And, and just with the recent history of, you know, the mm-hmm. fires in California as well, it, it just seems like an, a growing urgent issue. It is. It truly is. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Okay. Any other issues that you wanted to bring up that impact, you know, the local community or, uh, yeah. So, so, um, I, I am deeply concerned and, and committed to improving the mental health of our community. Mm. So, um, well into my retirement, uh, someone who I love came down with a mental illness to protect their privacy, I won't share with you too many details mm-hmm. about their illness, but it certainly opened my eyes to the uh, tragic consequences of not having a good mental health system uh, throughout the country, and especially here in our region. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to help uh, uh, my loved one, um, that we had to call the sheriffs from time to time. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, the the sheriffs that served San Dimas were so wonderful. Uh, they came to the house and said, we're going to take care of your loved one for you. But NAMI is going to take care of you. I had no idea what they were talking about. What is that? Uh, so I did my research. And um, NAMI, of course, is this organization that, that helps uh, families who have loved ones with a mental illness, helps the entire family understand how treatment is rendered, how to help your loved one to get into treatment. Um, it's it's a um, it's something that a lot of people don't talk about because there's a stigma attached mm-hmm. to mental illness. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they opened my eyes to what it was all about. So I got involved in that uh, organization. We took a 12-week course. It was intense, and it was wonderful. It was really eye-opening. Um, they taught us everything from the meds, what people take, but they also taught us how we can have a positive impact on the care and treatment of the mentally ill through our government services, through mm. that sort of thing, mm. which, which uh, turned a light bulb in my head. Uh, since I'm, I have always been close to L.A. County government and state government as well as national government, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to find out how I could help and make an impact. Within a few months after joining the organization, I became their president. I was, <laughs> I was elected president, and wow, it was, uh, and, and I was so honored because you know they've been around since the 1970s, mm-hmm. and this particular organization that I was with here in the uh, Pomona Valley area mm-hmm. uh, had been around for a long time. But they're incredibly well organized, well structured. They give a, a huge array of services to the community for free. Uh, but anyway. Um, so I became the president, and I, I helped them along. Uh, so, so that's been my passion. Um, I turned the reins over to someone else. Being a, a volunteer um, president is really a lot of work. Hard. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, but I continue on as a volunteer and uh, as a guest speaker on mental health issues throughout the throughout the region. So that's my passion. Well, and I think. Um that bringing that to San Dimas would be a, a real uh, asset, I think, you know, just for the well-being of the community and tackling, you know, other complex related issues that, 
you know, just raise, raising awareness. Yeah. And the fact that the sheriffs already knew and mm-hmm. were ready to share that information with me was really, really wonderful. I appreciate what they did. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Thank you, San Dimas Sheriffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you touched on a lot of um, big issues that I, it sounds like, um, you know, you're ready to hit the ground running with, with the city and the council and um, whatever happens, you know, in this election, I hope that um, you still bring all of these uh, resources and knowledge to the table, to the city. Um, mm-hmm. Well, the, the great people that I've been talking to, uh, you know, who've, who've committed their support to me and in, in voting uh, have told me the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, what happens if you don't win? Are you just going to go away? No, I, I live in this community. And this campaign has taught me and, and shown me uh, really what this community has been doing for so long. Mm-hmm. I joined the uh, the Seniors Club. Mm-hmm. I hope at some point in the future I might even get on the Seniors Commission. Oh, great. That would be wonderful. Yeah. I, I would really enjoy doing that. Yeah. So, no, this is a great opportunity one way or the other. It's going to be terrific. Nice. And how how has it been? Well, you said, you know, you've been reaching out to uh, your different connections through the city. Um, have you met a lot of people that you didn't know before through campaigning? I did. I mean, I didn't know uh, Dennis Bertone. I didn't know John Ebener. I didn't know the mayor uh, or, or Emmett Bader, for that matter. I do now. Mm-hmm. And I have a great deal of respect for these guys. Uh, uh, it was such an honor to meet them. Um, a few days ago uh, at, a, at a meeting we had at, at at uh, Councilman uh, Bertone's home, uh, the mayor showed up. He was unexpected, and I, it was a great thrill to meet him and talk to him. We met for a great length of time, and at the end of that meeting, he says, I'm going to give you my endorsement. Oh. We took a picture and everything. It was just thrilling. I, nice. I enjoyed meeting him. So I have the endorsement of, uh, of the mayor and of uh, Dennis Bertone. Oh, great. Um, well, when I think of San Dimas historically, I think, you know, voting wise, I feel like it's pretty conservative, you know, mm-hmm. in that sense. And, um, you know, with your professional background and experience, it, you sound a little bit more progressive. So what do you say to win over voters who might have a different, you know, political philosophy than you? It, you know, how do you how do you how do you get people on your side? Yeah, no, it, it, it's interesting when 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 I when I do run into that, but particularly with regards to my connection to organized labor. Um, people have a misconception of what that's all about. You educated me. And it's a business like anything else, and we need to reach successful conclusions. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how we represent our members. Um, So, um, actually, I feel that I've been able to win over a lot of people with just those sorts of communication and connections, helping them understand what I'm really all about. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not about confrontation and and forcing change. Uh, I'm about involving the community and understanding what they want and what they need. Mm -hmm. And if I can't communicate to them and educate them, then I shouldn't be doing that sort of work. Mm -hmm. But that's what I do best. Yeah. 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 Thank you. I mean, yeah, you, I think you kind of touched on that in the very beginning, but um, that's great. So um, I guess I want to ask, why do you think people should vote for you? Why should anyone listening right now mark off David Estrada on their ballot? Well, I I hope you can uh, uh, sense from this interview that I, I really love my city. Uh, I've always been committed to public service, 
And uh, my uh, unique life experience gives me the skills I feel to make sure that we all move forward together in this, uh, and make sure this community thrives. So, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching out to people all the time, getting new ideas. I, I asked uh, the mayor uh, that even though he's retiring, uh, you know, where is he going? What's he going to do? And he says, I'm going to stay right here. Mm -hmm. I'm here. This is where I live. And I said, well, will you make a commitment to me? That if I need you and I come to you, you'll help me and you'll advise me. And he said, absolutely. Mm. I'd be more than happy to do that. And, uh, th but that's the sort of outreach that I make to everybody that I meet. Uh, call me. Talk to me. Mm -hmm. Help me understand what you're going through. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I know when we talked about just setting up the interview for mm. this podcast, we had a couple uh, phone calls and I felt very, uh, it was very comfortable talking to you. It felt like a familiar person, even though I had never spoken to you before. So I definitely got that sense. Well, I certainly got that sense from listening to your podcast. Oh. I, think, I think it's going to be a huge success. And Thank congratulations you. on what you're doing. It's very important to the community. I listen just to learn more mm -hmm. listening to your podcast. So thank you for doing it. Well, I think we have a similar goal of wanting to engage the citizens and, you know, encourage more participation at the local level because, yeah. um, I want to see I want to see more people showing up to the meetings and participating. <laughs> yes, yes, and there's no excuse for that not happening. I, we just have to um, know how to make uh, make the invitation sound inviting, get people there. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the infrastructure to do that. Mm -hmm. If nobody's, I'm surprised at how many people really haven't had a chance to look at our brand new city hall. It's still new. It's gorgeous, mm -hmm. and uh, and there's a lot to do. So, oh, I'm. I'm looking forward to the uh, the candidates forum on oh, Fe yeah. February the fifth. Yeah, that's going to be great. Me too. Um, it's being put on by the League of Women Voters. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a member of the league. Okay. I've, for the past several years, I've been with the League of Women Voters, assisting them on their. Uh, they have an uh, observer program where they send citizens out to various uh, governmental agencies to sit watch, listen, take notes, and mm -hmm. then report back to the league what's going on. So we have an observer here at San Dimas. I'm not that observer. I'm an observer to the Tri-City Tri Mental Health uh, Governing Board. Okay. Uh, and I report back to the to the, uh, to the league. league. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. So uh, uh, let me say October, uh, February fifth uh, in downtown yeah. at the Stanley Plumber Building. There'll be a candidates forum. Hopefully, it's not as fiery as the debates we see on TV. Uh, it's, it's not. It's not. I don't know if you're familiar with with the format, but it's not. It doesn't lend itself for that. Okay. It's, yeah. It's quite civilized and very informative. So I think there's like. 200 seats there. We, we need to get, we need to fill up the place. So yeah. <laughs> I hope everybody comes. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I like to end all my shows with sharing a little tidbit or personal fact about myself that um, my listeners might not know about. So just want to invite you, if there's a little fun fact about David Estrada that you want to share with my listeners or your supporters that people may not know i invite you to do that at this time well see uh, uh, most of my friends and family don't know that my wife and i have been active for the past year or so in an exercise class that touches on 
Zumba, kickboxing, and yoga. Oh, nice. If you can imagine, <laughs> we come out of that class exhausted, but really energized. Uh-huh. Uh, and we do that several times a week, and it's like the best thing we've ever done. That's awesome. Do you do that in, at the city? or is Well, it- I tell you, we, we have a membership, a free membership through Kaiser Permanente. Okay. At 24-Hour Fitness. Oh, do you, do you walk over there from your house? No. Otherwise, you'd be too exhausted. <laughs> That's okay. I I respect your exercise regimen as it is. That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. (laughs) I I like to do yoga. I like like the low impact. I I don't do the Zumba. (laughs) Oh, you you should try it sometime. It's it's so much fun. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, David, for having me over. I really appreciate the time. Thank you, Thank you so much. That was my interview with David Estrada, candidate for San Dimas City Council. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. One thing I wanted to address really quick was in the middle of the interview, David mentions some legislation that has come out of Sacramento in the recent past regarding housing and potentially high-density housing um, around town. And I wanted to uh, provide some information about that. So if anyone was interested in learning more about what David and I were talking about, the city actually provided a report. It's called the Land Use and Housing Update. I'll have a link up at isabelandsandimas.com slash David Estrada. And this was a brief report put together by the Sandimas Planning Department, and it was reviewed at the City Council study session on January 14th, 2020. And that's actually uh, the first time I met David. So if you want to just dig a little bit deeper into the recent laws that have been passed that David and I were talking about, you can check it out on my website and I'll link to the city's report. Other than that, I'm curious to know, what did you think about my interview with David? Do you agree with him on most of the issues? Are there areas where you disagree? Uh, Feel free to comment at isabelandsandimas.com slash David Estrada. Also, I'm curious to know, how do you see his background as a labor leader fitting in with the Sandimas City Council and the city in general? Or do you not see that fitting in? Let me know on my Facebook page or on the show notes. Some updates and upcoming events. First, I wanted to let you know I put together a March 2020 election guide for the city of San Dimas specifically. I had been receiving some inquiries uh, through my podcast, website, website. on social media about, you know, who's running, what are their stances, where can I find all the information. So I tried to put everything in one place from general election information, including the dates and hours that we can vote, all the candidate information, as well as some information about the upcoming sales tax. So if you have questions or want to learn more, you can visit isabelandsandimas.com slash 2020 election. I'll also link to that guide on this episode's show notes. A couple upcoming events on Tuesday, January 28th at 5 p.m., there is a joint study session with the City Council and Planning Commission about the specific plan number 23 moratorium. If you 
don't know what that is or you want to learn more, you can listen to my episode at isabelandsandemus.com slash moratorium. But basically, this involves three big properties in downtown San Dimas. Uh, the city is in the process of reviewing the zoning and potentially rezoning these properties. So if you're interested in that, I think the Tuesday study session at five o'clock should be a, a good one to go to. In the first week of February, on Wednesday, February 5th, from 6.30 to 8.30 is the Candidates Forum. Uh, David and I mentioned that in the episode as well. So that is an opportunity for members of the community to hear from all of the candidates at once. So everyone running for city council and mayor uh, should be there. Uh, they'll be opportunities for the audience to submit questions ahead of time, and the candidates uh, will be responding. Uh, It's going to be at the Stanley Plummer Building downtown, hosted by the League of Women Voters from the Mount Baldy area. Also in the first week of February, on Thursday the 6th at 7 p.m., there will be a public hearing for Dixie Rose Barbecue at the Planning Commission meeting. So this is a barbecue restaurant that is being proposed for the old church location at 245 East Bonita Avenue. And the request is to allow beer, wine, outdoor dining, and a full service restaurant. So if you live downtown or you're interested in what's going on downtown, that might be a uh, interesting public hearing to attend. Lastly, a personal tidbit about me. Unlike David Estrada, I already mentioned this, I don't do Zumba. But one way that uh, my husband and I connect and just our family in general, is that we uh, like to spend our Fridays doing what we call family Fridays. So uh, if you don't know, my husband, uh, he has his own business. So his hours are pretty flexible. And usually the weekend's end up filling up really fast with uh, family events or friends, birthday parties, things like that. So we usually try to dedicate, you know, some time on Fridays to just spend together as a family. So for example, this past Friday, uh, just for a couple hours, we took the kids to the Cal Poly Pomona farm store and they had a sale. We bought was buy two trees, get one free. So we got three trees from Cal Poly Pomona and now we got to find a place to put them. Sometimes our family Fridays just include going to the grocery store or going to PetSmart, but just any small or large activity that we can do as a family, we try to dedicate some time to each other and our kids on Fridays. So that's our family Friday. Anyway, thanks for listening to me today. I am Isabel and Sandimas. If you like the show, feel free to subscribe, leave a review, tell a friend or neighbor, or follow me on Facebook. And I always invite you to drop me a line on my website, isabelandsandimas.com, if there's anything you want to hear about in a future episode. I look forward to chatting with you next time. Take care.